Mindless Can, the podcast with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Very warm welcome to another episode of The Kindness Can with myself, Paul Bushel, and the ever-lovely Jane Lily Thomas. Good morning, Jane. Hello, my darling. And yes, welcome to The Kindness Can podcast. We're so excited about our guest this week. Yeah, we're joined by the super handsome and very brave <laughs> and adventurous Stuart Geldart, the purpose paddler who set out to paddle just about around the coast of South Africa to raise awareness around rivers and oceans in South Africa. Stuart, a warm welcome to you too. Thank you, guys. Absolutely awesome to be here. So, I mean, Stu, where, where did this begin for you? I mean, has this been a lifelong dream? No, the idea only came into my head about a year and a half ago when I was overseas and uh, working on the yachts. And during my breaks, I'd take the ski out and do a bit of a paddle, nothing hectic at all. As I was doing it, I just thought, well, I was going to head home on my month off and I thought it would be an epic personal challenge just to get a cozy bay to Durban paddle in. As I started talking about it with everybody, the idea just grew and grew and grew. And the next thing I knew, it was in Cozy Bay to Cape Town. And I had a lot of people on board. I then had a beneficiary as a, for an NGO. I was going to start raising awareness and raising money. And it hasn't actually stopped growing since. Let's take a step back here. Tell us exactly what you are setting out to do and put that into kilometers for us. Let's get a bit of perspective of what this really means. <laughs> All right. So uh, Durban to Cape Town is around 2,000 kilometers of uh, paddling. That's the big one. Uh, we've got the Wild Coast, which uh, has definitely earned its name. And I think that's the most uh, nerve-wracking part of the trip would be that little section on the coast where my team shoreside crew won't be able to get to me. I won't be able to get to them. So that's a bit of a, a big challenge. What I've just really wanted to do was not so much um, of creating awareness. Anymore. I think a lot of people are aware of uh, the pollution in our oceans and the rivers. It's now just getting the right people on board up in governments, corporates and big business levels to be more actively involved in trying to keep a, a cleaner South Africa, I guess. But I mean, this idea started from when you were a tiny little steward, right? I've always wanted to do something. I just never knew what. Uh, I always felt like I was a little bit lost with the idea of how I wanted to, I don't know if I could say save the world. Um, as a little kid, I always wanted to be like a bit of a superhero or something like that, which, which was crazy. Then I just started to follow my passions and I had real good gut feeling going down this road. So I resigned from work and decided to put all my energy, time and savings into this idea. And a lot of people seem to like it. So I was pushed in the right direction. And yeah, here I am. I'm finally following a bit of a dream, which is really, really nice. So you've done Cozy to Durban, which is what, 415 kilometers. What kind of logistic goes into that? I mean, are you on that paddle 24 hours a day? Are you, what goes on out there? First of all, I'm trying to get a mental picture. How does that boat look? <laughs> what are you on? <laughs> it's a... Uh... It's a surf ski, so it's, it's the Fen Mako. It's, it's really, it isn't one of those uh, overnight kayaks or anything like that. It's more of a, a foster design boat, so I can spend less hours out on the water. 
but with that comes you know, no no storage space for food and water and stuff like that. So I carry everything on me on my life jacket. Yeah, my hours out there, I can spend anywhere between four and to six to eight hours out on the water. Uh, then I come in every evening. I've got the crew there. We then set up a lunch or a dinner. And then I go through all the kits, spend the night, wake up early the next morning. Hopefully the wind's in the right direction and then uh, head back out. But the biggest challenge for me being out there on the water is uh, definitely the mental space where I've got absolutely no one. I don't have the distractions of technology and social media. It's just me, the big blue ocean and my thoughts. And once I started spending a bit of time with those, I got a little bit uh, yeah, um, crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, first of all, so you've ruled out that there's, there's no mini bar on the paddle. <laughs> no, no mini bar. <laughs> Which I think we need to talk to a boat designer. Get that, get that just, just put a little cooler box behind you. But then obviously <laughs> moving into the serious space of, I mean, you know, Paul and I work and talk about mental well-being all of our days. That's our most favorite thing to do. Uh, but we know how if you don't get um, a hold of that, it can run rampant with you. Because, I mean, the reality is, Paulie, what, 6,200 thoughts a day, 80% are negative and 90% are reoccurring. So when it's you out there with just the big blue, whew, talk to us about that headspace. I mean, do you find that it gets easier the longer you're out there because you're kind of on the treadmill and you get to get into some sort of rhythm? Or is it a constant rechecking in with yourself? Uh the first hour, two hours is, is really easy because I'm just processing the day. I uh, put myself into a good headspace of where I am, what I'm actually doing, which is really nice. Still pumped up with a bit of an, the adrenaline um, pushing through the waves. So the first few bits is a lot easier. I've got a lot of things in my head, which is nice. And then as the day goes on, like you say, you've got a lot of those reoccurring thoughts, um, thoughts from the past, thoughts that have always been there growing up. Um, but I've also found a lot of motivating thoughts, which has been really, really nice. I look at little success stories from friends and family. And for example, I've got a friend, she's fighting cancer at the moment and she's my age and she's been bedridden for a while. And just her little daily triumphs just make my <laughs> paddle just seem really, really easy. And so I just like to look at little things like that and really gets me through the day. Um, but on the longer paddles, you start to go into those darker corners in your head where you really, really get to know yourself. And that was a challenge. It's almost like looking at yourself in the mirror for a long period of time and staring at all your, your flaws and stuff like that. And I, that can definitely become scary with a big overwhelming of self-awareness. I've never been through something like that. But, yeah, I'm pretty happy with what I found, I guess. Yeah, I suppose what comes to mind for me while you're talking is in those empty spaces, it's quite easy and natural for our brain to want to ferret down into some of those dark spaces. Uh, it's part of a natural process, but it takes a lot of courage and bravery to, to sit with them. And so although there can sometimes be value in facing them and sitting with them and, and holding conversation with them, we've also got to be very careful that they don't start to distort and morph into untruths and unrealities which bring up seriously big feelings for us, which become very hard then to, to hold, okay? So kind of I've got this idea while you're talking, this mental image of, yeah, sometimes it's nice to wander into those corners and, and, and sit with them a little bit. It pushes us, it allows us to grow. 
but all the while being conscious of I do have manual control of this process, that I can pull the, the ripcord uh, at, at any second and shift the direction of, of my thought as well. And I can then reconnect, like you're saying, uh, with more affirming images or thoughts, whether they're about my own life or other people's experiences. So it's really for all of us to hold on to that fact that we do have manual control over those processes. So when we wonder there, go and sit and be with it, but with full knowledge that I can pull out when I need to, because yeah, if we get stuck there, we go round and round and Jane and I talk about this a lot. Uh, it brings up heavy feelings for us. And that of course affects our behavior, our choices in the world. But I imagine your situation also starts to affect your performance sometimes, right? Changes the way that you, you negotiate the wave and paddle and move forward. Yes, uh, it does become a little bit distracting, which sometimes isn't the best thing. I need to try and keep myself in the ski. But uh, like you're saying, pulling yourself out of those um, head spaces and you've got the control over that, that, that really is uh, important just to remember that you are in control of it. And luckily, yeah, I've learned that, which has been really nice. And uh, then seeing an odd turtle or a dolphin or a shoal of fish, that's uh, you know, definitely a very happy emotion, which, which yeah, then just reminds you that there's just so much more good around you, which is very, very pleasant for the brain, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that leads me into thinking that I can only assume that out there on this great expanse, gratitude is a huge fuel for you. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's, it's very powerful being out there. Um, at the same time, just feeling very, very small, but then just very grateful for the opportunity that, that I have, you know, to be able to be doing this. I mean, not lots of people have the time to take off work and to to do something like this. So just looking back and seeing how privileged I actually am to be able to go on this crazy wild adventure and for a good reason really has been uh, motivating in itself. Let's talk sharks for a second, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> and sharks, of course, are a wonderful metaphor for so many scary things uh, in, in our lives. But I've got this picture of you and, and kind of, I think my brain would, would go straight to the sharks, right? So tell us a little bit about the, first of all, the reality of sharks and how that looks along the, our beautiful coastline. And then second of all, how you manage the sharks in your head. Yeah, so the physical sharks, um, it was definitely a big thought before I had uh started the paddle like on the way up the drive up the morning of the very very first time and I, I haven't actually had much prior experience so i actually got into a surf ski for the first time a week before the trip actually started so <laughs> all of that only sort of rushed into me on the very first day when i hit <laughs> cozy bay beach and i was looking out at the ocean and i thought well damn there's no shark nets here where there's no body here it's just me and the ocean and all its inhabitants and i sat there on the beach with uh, jesse one of the team members and i actually started to shake and i was getting a bit nervous and all those thoughts of doubt and like what am i actually doing i'm not actually prepared and i don't know what it was but the next thing i actually don't remember i was actually a little bit blank um the next thing i knew i was in the waves trying to paddle out and i had one more wave to get over and i fell and now I'm swimming around in the water there. And the last thing I actually thought about in that little moment of panic were the sharks and everything. It, I was then just more worried about the ocean itself being dragged under, being pushed into the reef. 
And when I got back on the ski and paddled out and I was I was okay, I saw some uh, divers come in or some some free divers and sort of just realized that the sharks aren't actually uh, the problem here or, or the, the big the big the big fear. And I then started my fear shifted from the sharks to the ocean itself and all the other things, the wind getting lost out at sea and all, all of that stuff. And as the paddle went on, I was actually more excited to see a shark. I would have actually really loved if one had come up. I don't know how I would have reacted, but <laughs> over the two weeks of being on the water, I was actually longing to see more, more creatures like that. And hopefully I do. We've got the biggest sardine run coming up now. And I've got a lot of my fishing buddies who have been watching all the reports. And there are a few big sharks making their way up the coast. I've been warned against it. But we'll uh, yeah, we'll tackle that bridge when we get there. What do your folks think about this? I mean, me as a mother, you know, and you just worry. It's just a, a built-in mechanism that you worry about your, your children and their well-being. I can't imagine my response if my son came to me having never been on a paddle and said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cruise for about 400 kilometers in the open sea. Uh, see you later, alligator. <laughs> in the wild crocodile. <laughs> exactly. Well, my dad was very, very excited, as well as my mom. When I first started throwing the idea around, they just said, well, plan it properly, plan it properly, plan it properly. And I thought I did. And my mom, shame, she, deep down, she, on the surface, she really didn't want me to go. She was very, very worried and everything, but she's an angel. She's an absolute gift. And I appreciate every waking moment that I get to spend with her and learn and grow with her, which is, which is incredible. She really does care. And I know she, she really is worried. She would really prefer me to be the guy who just plays a safe sport. Even when I was playing rugby at school, she would, she would tell me after a, a hectic game that why don't you just learn to play the piano and <laughs> just do something safe? <laughs> but I do have this drive for adrenaline and adventure. And as much as it does scare her, she's yeah very very supportive, which is uh, it's awesome. I, I love I love that. Mother will never stop worrying. As I say, yeah. it's something that's so deeply ingrained in us. We just want to see you do well and flourish and. Um... Yeah, just be safe out there. Let's talk about them. Okay, so you're paddling. So what's the actual mechanism of, of how this is happening? So I see you've got a backer buddy campaign going. So explain to me, are you cruising and talking awareness as you go? Or is this just to raise money to go to somewhere? What, what, what is your actual plan? So as we make our way down the coast, Cozy Bay all the way down to Cape Town, which is being broken up into, it's probably going to be about three legs of the way. So we'll break when we get to the next leg which will be on the other side of the wild coast and as we go what i am doing is raising money for an ngo called a doctor river and we've partnered with them because we just share a really similar belief that in order to see a drastic change in the quality of our waters from dams rivers lakes all the way to our oceans we're going to need to see a more committed partnership between mother nature and us i guess and we we need it we need the commitment coming from the top from a government level like i said so that was a big draw to that ngo to adopt a river that they're trying to facilitate partnerships between government and key community role players and trying to trickle this importance 
of keeping your area clean all the way through to municipalities. So raising money for them was an easy choice for me and the team, which was which was quite nice. The team, they've all got, uh, they're big into film, so we're making videos as we go. Once we complete the Cozy Bay to Durban film, we're going to post that onto, onto YouTube. And in the film, they will have just broadcasting the beauty of our coastline and what we're actually fighting for, as well as like tips and tricks of how we can all do a little something in our day-to-day lives which as we've been going along, we find a lot of people actually are wanting the change to go greener, to, to preserve more and are more actively involved in trying to save the environment, which has been absolutely incredible. I've met some amazing people along the way. As we go, I just build up more and more and more motivation with, with the people that we meet. And it really is incredible. Yeah, as you're talking that you know, Jane and I at Kindness Care, we talk about how you know, we're in relationship with ourselves, we're in relationship with people in our life, but of course, we are in relationship with, with our environment uh, as well. And growing more kindness in this relationship seems, maybe it's an obvious thing to say, but it's absolutely paramount to our survival. And we've just got to see more kindness being fed into this relationship. And I hope that people can see it in that way. And I hope that that kind of motivates them to, to wanting to be more conscious of their relationship uh, with the environment. I really look forward to hearing more of those tips and tricks because yeah, I know they're often small and simple, but we just miss them in our busyness. No, we do. I love the way that you put it there, that it is vital for our, our survival. I mean, we, I've been watching a lot of uh, David Attenborough's new book and he shares the worries about where we've gone as a society, as humanity, but how important it is to realize that we are the only ones who can save it and, and save us, essentially, um, through protecting and nourishing the environment, which uh, I think a lot of the youth today, a lot of people in general are fighting the good fight, which, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So when is the big, the big adventure? So we're looking to leave again early June, which will depart Durban beaches. Uh, The date isn't confirmed just yet. Uh, There's still quite a bit of planning which we need to put into this next little stretch. We are also looking for a a bit of a sponsor just to help uh, the trip financially on that side, which is um, coming along quite nicely, I guess. And as soon as we've got a date, we keep everybody updated. We've got an awesome social medias lady and it's all, everyone's kept up to date through our Instagram page at The Purpose Paddler and uh, on Facebook, The Purpose Paddler. And there's a link through those pages for the Backer Buddy account, which we'll be raising funds for the NGO, of course. I'm getting on my phone now and I'm searching on Instagram, Purpose Paddler. We're going to be following you the whole way. I'm actually just blown away that someone can jump on a surf ski uh, after having never done that and then (laughs) just cruise 2,000 kilometers along the coast. Just, yeah, so much respect for you. Stuart, what kind of um, preparation happens? I assume it's a daily something. I mean, it's not like you're going to go and, I assume, smash a bottle of wine tonight and have a couple of pieces of pizza and have a late night. And, I mean, are you quite strict with um, the way in which you prepare for this big adventure? The first stretch, Cozy Bay to Durban, I was I was not strict <laughs> at all. Uh, so I was training hard uh, because of the the we're in the canoeing season. I was training for doozy, so I was doing a lot of that, which was nice. But I wasn't so focused on the diets and everything like that. I'd still enjoy my little tot of whiskey every now and again. Not a big beer drinker or anything like that. 
not a big partier, so the late nights were never a problem. I was always at home and just trying to plan this trip. A lot of my time was taken up into the logistics of this. Um, there was just so much more that I needed to focus on with regards to food, accommodation, transport, having the right people involved, getting the right permits and connections. And that was a big eye-opener. It wasn't just me rocking up there and paddling. As the trip got more serious, obviously all the more serious things started to highlight themselves. But since I got in from Durban, I realized that I definitely have to be more strict, which I have been now. I've been training a lot harder. I've been watching the diets, barely touched the nightlife and anything like that, if at all, to be honest. So my focus mentally, physically now has been solely on this trip, which has been nice. I find myself in a much more comfortable space now, um, mm. making myself feel more confident, which is, which is nice. Yeah, well, preparation is the key. I mean, with anything, uh, we know that the more prepared we are when we go into something, the more we have uh, the flexibility to move in different spaces and places. Um, I know that this, this isn't an isolated experience because you've chatted about your team, but how big is your team? In total, there's four of us and uh, there's three following on the shore side, Jess, Slade and Jesse. They're absolutely phenomenal. They've got so much energy, which is incredible. It's just so nice to be in such a good atmosphere when I get off the water and their adventures just as big as mine I have to sit back and listen to their day which fuels me because they've had such an epic day traveling those wild roads from Cozy Bay but between Cozy Bay and Sedwana Bay they didn't see a tar road for three four days just out in the bush experiencing our wildlife on that side and they would come back absolutely buggered and tired (laughs) and tell me about their stories and getting the the Land Rover stuck and then getting it unstuck and then rushing here and trying to find this permit and that permit. And <laughs> so their adventure has been just as wild. And then at the end of the day, we just get to sit down and share it all, which really, really just reminds me what an awesome opportunity we're all on. And being in that headspace with such an amazing group of people really, really is so important for like the energy for the next day just to keep carrying on. So I think I've got myself a very, very awesome spot, to be honest. Mm. It's a line that uh, I often focus on and it keeps coming to me as we're having the conversation, that idea of our brains often programmed to want to focus on what if, right? What if this happens and what if that happens? And you've got to pull it back every now and then and just focus on what is. Uh, And that's what I'm hearing as you're talking now, just these beautiful moments of the here and now and what is. And I think that's, yeah, it's magic. I've got this beautiful picture of you on your, your surf ski, blue ocean, little dolphin and just being with that, <laughs> being with the what is. Oh, no, yeah. definitely. Um, I just, yeah, I was just so lucky just to be able to live in that moment, which really, really just brought about such a wonderful sense of peace and enjoyment for where I am at the time, and which was really nice, actually. I then didn't have to worry about how much further I had to go or where we're going, and the team wasn't stressed about that e- either, which which was amazing just to have like four individuals who were right there in the then and now for such a positive vibe and good appreciation for the trip and what we're doing makes it all worthwhile. Mm. Well, please keep us posted. We'd love to know uh, when launch day is so that we can send you all of our love and we'd love a couple of photos that we can, yeah, just kind of paddle alongside you vicariously in the water one wave at a time. Awesome. Thank you, Jane. I'll definitely keep you guys updated and, uh, Paul, thanks for chatting. <laughs> uh, you're so welcome. Yeah, you're an inspiration. No, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to uh, hear the story out. It really does mean a lot.
yeah, hope uh, we can get a lot more viral virtual followers. That'd be epic. Yeah, I've got it. Purpose Paddler on Instagram and Facebook, right? <laughs> Lovely. That's us. Check. <laughs> oh, Stu, thank you for your time and uh, lots of love. And love to your mom. Send her all my love and give her a big squeeze for me, please. I will do that as soon as she gets home. She's probably <laughs> waiting on the other side of that door to hear all about it. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stu. Go well. Yeah, lots of love, everyone. Yeah, cheers, Paulie. Love you. Love you guys. Yeah, lots of love, everyone. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.